Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sports Cult where Sahil and I will be discussing uh, you know sports matches and events that have occurred uh, in the last two weeks and so we have some good uh, you know sports matches to kind of discuss for this episode so let's get started with it uh, so Sahil what uh, for today Yes, Anirudh. So basically, a lot of things happened in the last two weeks. As we know, 24th October was a big day. A lot of events taking place. Uh, and yeah, obviously, we have uh, big fixtures like the United versus Liverpool game, India versus Pakistan. The El Clasico was there. And uh, obviously, even this week, we had Liverpool, uh, uh, Liverpool versus Brighton. We had United versus Tottenham. And the World T20 World Cup is also going on. Back. We have lots to talk about and we can't get to get started, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think I think to kind of begin with our, our favorite uh, team's match is United versus Liverpool. And, uh, and 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 yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, inside inside my mind, you know, I always had to that, you know, we might be able to kind of do it because because our record at Old Trafford, you know, over the years, you know, uh, you know, we have we have some good wins at Old Trafford, but you know over the years, the the average record of Liverpool uh, at Old Trafford was not good, and so this time as well, you know I think you know as a Liverpool fan, I was I was you know I had that fear in my mind that okay you know United have just come back just come out of a of a good win uh, in the week against Atlanta, where you know they came back from two 0 down and Liverpool won a game against Atletico where where they conceded after going into the lead uh, from 2 nil down. So, you know, I, I always had that in my mind that, you know, maybe it might not be as 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 comfortable as as, as you know I uh, you know, I would have initially thought. But but yeah, I mean what do I say? I think it I think it was really I mean not to discredit Liverpool's performance because they they played amazingly depressed united like crazy you know it was they, they kind of closed down those those spaces for united so that united cannot you know kind of build up on the attack and and we, we were winning like first against third balls as well and I, I think it was it was i wouldn't say it was that easy but you know i thought liverpool never uh, kind of went past the second gear and uh, you know they were they were comfortably playing they were comfortably creating chances they were comfortably Moving uh, United players into spaces that would create uh, space elsewhere. So I thought, you know, it was brilliant, brilliant away victory for Liverpool and something that we'll be gloating about and cherishing for years to come. But yeah, I think you know that's 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 my kind of viewpoint from Liverpool perspective. Salah scoring hat trick for the uh, I think I think he's the first player to score hat trick at uh, Old Trafford. Uh, or first Premier League opposition player to uh, score a hat trick at Old Trafford, so he's breaking records. He is playing. He's kind of picking up the team. He's playing really amazing. And so overall, I think it was a really, really amazing day for the fans. And yeah, I think I think it was a really good, good victory as well. So what did what did you think of the match? Since you're you're, you're a United supporter, I'm sure you you have a lot of things to say about this. <laughs> Match. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, uh, to be really honest, even I was in this mindset that you know we might play 
really good game because we have had a string of losses and we have not been performing but uh, we have always turned up at big matches and this was a very big match and i was hoping the players would you know step up their game and contribute and i was hoping that we would win but everything what what i thought just went out of the window because when i saw the first 20 minutes i was sure that we are going to lose really badly and that is what happened because if you see uh, what what i could make out as our game plan was to you know just sit behind soak up the pressure and hit on the counter attack and put the ball at ronaldo's feet and so that he scores so that was what i what i was trying to make of the whole situation but the point is in such a situation if you are trying to sit back and defend then you need players who you need proper defenders who can do that and harry maguire had a really bad game even uh, luke shaw was not up to the mark the amount of space which we were, which was given to liverpool was just unbelievable because they were playing us around the park passing like they were prime barcelona and everything was falling into the place and we could not do anything at all i was i was hoping that there might be some proper tactical changes as the match was progressing because it was quite clear to me that we are not we are not uh, you know up to liverpool's level and something has to change as the match was progressing but i did not see any tactical uh, changes from ole or any uh, proper substitutions which happened as well were not uh, you know anything that was trying to save us the game or anything like that i think the half time talk must have been something like you know let's not concede more and uh, yeah nobody was who actually into the mix to try to win the game everybody sort of gave up after the after the first few goals and yeah as you thought or as you spoke about mohammed sarah right i have to take my uh, hat off and uh, you know really appreciate that guy because what he's been doing in the past couple of weeks and obviously in the uh, the last couple of years as well that he has really come out and you know he has proven that he is right now the best player in the world no doubt about it he's been scoring consistently against big teams and yeah the the hat trick against old trafford is really he, he can cherish that for a long time because arch rivals have it's their home ground and he comes comes up big at such games just really appreciate appreciate uh, appreciable and yeah i think we need to really figure this out because united are now not even tackle challenges anymore i remember the talk which was happening when uh, you know we had our signings and that we are going to push for the chat title this and that and i was really uh, looking forward to the season but uh, it's not even november and we are already out of the title race uh, as as far as i see it and listen until something you know dramatical happens and we change the course of how we play and everything but uh yeah definitely it's not looking uh, quite good for united and let's see how things go and what changes will be done uh like like you raised two good points like you know one was uh, like like the way i i saw it was that you know the players decision making during that match for example uh like like you mentioned that you know like the idea for united was was you know soak up the pressure and then kind of attack on the counter and uh, like we did see instances first or second minute itself where bruno had a really good chance that you know if converted so the match could have been something different yeah that's right but, uh, but when we look at like the first and the second goal of, of united i mean they were just kind of wrong tactical decisions from players like like bruno mm-hmm. bruno and greenwood were pressing uh, liverpool for the first goal and uh, if bruno would have just stayed with van dijk and not not gone on to press alisson you know then greenwood wouldn't have gone to press van dijk and aaron van bissaka wouldn't have gone ahead to press robertson right, which right, kind of right, opened right. up kind of opened up the entire 
defense and Maguire then had to break his defensive line and you know you know come and press Firmino, which kind of left Shaw alone at the back with three with three Liverpool players ready to you know, attack the goal. And uh, yeah. kind of those decision making from players. I think you know if Maguire would have just stayed the line, then you know uh, you know at least at least it would have been decision making for Liverpool kind of make sure of which way to be attacked from and so on. But since Shaw was the only person available at the time, it was an easy kind of, uh, you know, so such kind of decision making in games is kind of important. I mean, Maguire being the leader, you know, you should have kind of taken that ownership of, you know, not working guys. It was cool. We made a mistake. Let's not, let's, let's hold up our line and let's, let's you know, block for them. But the second goal, again, it was an error that kind of led to the second goal from Shota. So I think even like even with the tactics, you know, it's also up to kind of United to kind of the kind of players and take ownership on the pitch. On the pitch, you you wouldn't see like if if, if this would have been the old old United with Cole and Carrick and uh, Roy Keane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have left it. Just connecting that game with with yesterday's game for United, they played five at the back against Tottenham. So, like, is yeah, it yeah. is it is it Holly learning from his mistake against Liverpool and uh, maybe just strengthening the defense a little bit more so that I mean, what what do you think was the idea there from from Oli? Yeah. So as you rightly said, right? We, uh, we are actually we are trying to strengthen our defense because. Somehow we are always been leaking a lot of goals, and uh, playing five at the back uh, gives you that extra central defender to be there. Uh, and rightly, I think yesterday we played Maguire, Varane, and Lindelof, uh, so three proper centre backs, and Shaw and Van Persaka played as the full, uh, you know, wing backs. So I think that gave a lot of depth, I would say, in in, in the defence. And uh, yeah, McTominay was there, Fred was there as well. So. I think it's a it's a it's a good tactical shift because clearly it worked well yesterday, but I'm not sure how long can this go on because we have the players we have are exactly uh, for the other other sort of formation which is a four three three sort of formation. So as you could see yesterday, when like uh, Sancho who has been bought enough for an eighty million eighty million pound or something around that figure, he could not even get a game. He could not get, get any game time because. His position was not played in yesterday's formation, so we would miss out on players. But if we are grinding results, so I think it can be a it can be a sort of a bandaid on our uh, wounds. But I'm not sure how long can this go on. And if it is going on, then we need to see some sort of a you know a constant changes in the front too, because or even even in the midfield, like how Bruno had dropped it deeper. We could even see there a Pogba or someone, someone, someone else who plays there, so that proper rotation is happening amongst the squad, and everyone is getting at least a decent amount of game time. So we can obviously do that as well. So let's see how this goes on. But yeah, I was pretty, uh, what should I say? I was pretty happy with yesterday's yesterday's result. But uh, yeah, as as you rightly said, not really sure if we are going to see this even ahead. Yeah, I think it's fixtures now for the next. Uh, two weeks. You have Atlanta, and then you have City. City. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Oli can maintain that. That I think I presume he is going to continue with the same winning formula that uh, that worked against Tottenham. 
and uh, they would try to do the same thing against uh, City at Old Trafford as well where they would try to close down the spaces which City are very good at exploiting but you know from a City point of view mm-hmm. uh, you know City would try to uh, create more space they will try to keep possession of the ball they will try to make sure that uh, United do, do, do not keep their defenses close to each other but they will try to stretch out the defense so it will be an interesting match uh, to see so yeah i think uh, what are your final thoughts on united you had mentioned that uh, you know it's, it's already november and you know united are out yeah. of the title race so like considering kind of united and now how how kind of uh, like what kind of pressure oli is in like well, like what are your thoughts on united now you see them or do you see do you see that uh, you know there's still an opportunity to get back into the into the title definitely we are out of the title race because uh, the gap has uh, widened and i don't think so uh, there can be you know like stick i don't think so we can win the premier league but uh, we can definitely try for top 4 which has been the case since the last uh time uh since uh, i don't remember since sir alex has left we have always been a top 4 team we have not been ch- challenging and this was a season where we were all united fans you know felt that come on now we can actually go for it but obviously in the just in the two and a half months of the season we are already out of the title challenge and uh, something really dramatic happens like you know even like uh, the friends, like chelsea city and even uh, liverpool start losing a couple of fixtures here and there and we start getting a proper momentum then there can be a a, a second revival of hope i think definitely we are not in the title race at all and uh, regarding the pressure on ole is uh, obviously it's very evident right now because uh, everyone knows if one more game here and there we lose it's time for him to you know to actually put his resignation up by by you know by mutual consent and uh, it's not it's not it's nothing like you know out of hard feelings because he actually came in when we were at a very uh, at a low point as a club and he actually did whatever he could and got us to a very respectable position but uh, if right now he's not able to deliver with all the resources he's he has he has had say sancho or a ronaldo or a varan and still if some right tactics are not in place then i think it's really a high time that we should consider sacking him uh, and uh, i even read reports where conte uh, is interested in the job and i don't see why we, we can't give a serial manager a go uh, and see how things pan out because if he gets in right now which is even if it's a it's he can still have a, this season as a trial and from next properly in it again so that is my point of view if uh, if another game here and there it's high time for oli should quit the job yeah makes sense makes sense yeah time will tell for oli now uh, but yeah. yeah the next couple of matches are really crucial for him to kind of you know keep his keep his job and yeah. uh, because yeah. i was yeah. i was really shocked to see that uh, the board and everyone are still backing him because see if it was one off game i would have still been like fine but if you see our last couple of fixtures you pull out last five or six united fixtures you will understand this is 
this is now how, how our team performs uh, with the caliber which we have in the squad. So it's been going on for a long time. It's not like a two or a three game streak. I think we have just secured one point out of the last 12 or something, if I'm not, if I'm stating the facts, uh, stats right, that is. So one point out of 12 points is just horrendous. You know, with the squad we have right now, it's just not good enough. So to see the board and everyone still back him, I mean, I'm not really sure on what basis are they doing that. So yeah, I'm pretty sure if this was someone else, someone like a Jose or someone, or even a Van Gaal or some some other manager, they would have already got the sack. I'm pretty sure on that. But with Ole, it's it's. I feel that he's more of a yes man to the board, and that is why they are still resist, resist uh, you know, hesitant to let him go that easily. So probably we'll have to see how it goes on. But I'm pretty sure we can't take these results for more uh, for much longer. We can't keep losing to you know West Ham and. Uh, young boys and all these teams, which are which are supposed to be a cakewalk for a squad like us, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so again, another point is that uh, since Liverpool played that well against United, so what happened yesterday when they played Brighton? I would really like to know this from you, because uh, two two all, I think they they really missed out on two points. What is your take on the game? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was, again, you know, points dropped. Uh, like, when you see, uh, like, over the years, when you see the all the champions of, of, of England, you know, you will see that, you know, uh, like, like or something that I've read and I've noticed is kind of when you have so many draws, you know, it, it kind of kills the season uh, in terms of kind of winning it. And uh, it's already, I think, 10, 10, 11 games into the season and Liverpool have already drawn four times. So, uh, so that kind of gives an idea that, okay, you know, uh, maybe we might not win the title. Maybe we'll come in, 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 the, in the top three, but we might not win it because the, the amount of draws we have had this season is, you know, again, uh, you know, it's already, it's already up to four. So this was a good opportunity because City dropped points. Um, it was a really good opportunity to keep that pressure on to Chelsea, and you know we had that one point difference, and uh, you know it was just a matter for Chelsea to just draw or slip in one of the games, and you know Liverpool could have capitalized on going ahead. Uh, but uh, yesterday, like again, it was a kind of very good example. Nil uh, ahead. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we lost kind of Navi Keita on an injury, and you know he had to be subbed in for uh, Alex Oxford Chamberlain. But uh, but you know it, throughout the entire match, I felt Brighton had the ch- even before the goal, Brighton had a chance. You know that they could have uh, they could have kind of converted into a goal, but uh, the space that they received. Uh, Jurgen Klopp would have clearly you know been aware of uh, Graham Porter's. Uh, you know skills as a manager and you know how he likes brighton to play so that's why he kept the team unchanged as well from last time but you know since we didn't have nabi Keita, that that bit of creativity and that bit of uh, you know that that, that 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 bit of kind of midfield skill was lacking yesterday and i felt you know we gave them a lot of space uh, we did not uh, we we did press them uh, you know in their half but when it came to our half a lot of space, you know. Uh, you know, they were they they were almost three versus two against us in 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 many of the times. 
but yeah. uh, because they did not convert it properly or because Allison was there to kind of uh, you know do a really good job um, uh, in saving the shots you know the score was too all I felt you know Brighton could have won uh, because uh, the second half I did not see much attack from Liverpool uh, it was it was major it was majorly all Brighton after the two nil I felt it was majorly Brighton doing really well uh, in the game they 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 handled Mohamed Salah uh, you know really well they did not allow the wing backs to attack to come inside and the wing backs were on the wings so so you know that 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 also did not help for liverpool and uh, and yeah i think i think the midfield the midfield three that we had yesterday it's 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 definitely not a long i mean it's it's not a long term solution i think you know we need we, we well, we already knew that we needed midfielders, uh, you know, when coming into the season because, you know, Thiago and Keita are injury-prone players, you know. So, so I think this was think kind of expected. Well. Yeah. Got the goal, but uh, but I felt I felt I felt the midfielders were gassed. I mean, they they were they did not have the stamina to continue uh, at to continue playing at that that level of. Uh, of, of of kind of uh, you know uh, stamina that Jurgen Klopp expects, and uh, and and because we did not have any other midfielder on the bench, you know we could not make any substitutions as well. That also did not help, and uh, and yeah, I think I think I, f- I feel this was this was points dropped. It it feels like a defeat because uh, you know just I mean games like this. I mean we are just coming off of a really amazing victory at Old Trafford, and then. And then all of a sudden we are kind yeah. of losing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'll I'll not read a lot into that because you know we've been playing really well for the last uh, couple of matches. So so yeah, I mean I can I can accept this draw. I think Brighton kind of did really good job at Anfield to kind of get that uh, point. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think Liverpool like uh, like you know like if you want to be champions, you will have to. You know, dig out victories in such matches and uh, you know get points, but uh, you know that did not happen yesterday. So, so yeah, it feels like a defeat, but you know the the, the season is still long, and uh, uh, you know Chelsea are also you know I mean Chelsea look really consistent and uh, they look like you know they are not going to be losing any matches soon. So you know, I'm just hoping for Chelsea to slip off so that Liverpool can capitalize. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have to ask. So is, was Thiago not on the bench? Was he injured? Yeah, Thiago has been injured for a couple of matches now. Yeah, okay. So so that's why you know he has not been playing. He's back into training. So hopefully we will see him next week. Uh, but but yeah, I think apart from that. Uh, I felt, yeah, with with Jones, Alex Oxlade, and Henderson, we lacked that technical ability to kind of, you know, technical ability to control the game because Thiago and Keita are those 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 kind of players who control the pace of the game, who control the entire midfield, and we we did not have even have Fabinho, which which uh, which you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I mean, uh, you know, I get, Fabinho, but you know we played well there. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I felt the midfield could have done a little bit more yesterday, and uh, and because we did not have you know players like Fabinho and Keita and Thiago, 
i felt uh, you know there was a lot of pressure on the back uh, back on the center backs to kind of cover the space that usually fabinho or thiago would have covered so that's why you know i was seeing konate kind of going into going into the attacker uh, and leaving the line uh, and that kind of again in players and so you know it was just i mean it was a bad day at the office for for liverpool but uh, they they are going to be bouncing back uh, strongly and yeah. uh, like i hope i hope keita and thiago are fit and fabinho is also fit for the next game so points drop but you know there's still there's still some hope you know to kind of get kind of continue that winning streak and momentum yeah that's right uh, yeah very well put and uh, obviously you talked about chelsea and you know i really i'm scared of chelsea because they really don't let any goals go in they have been scoring and they have been keeping clean sheets after clean sheets it's really commendable to see that team perform the way they the way they are doing yeah i think uh, like i think they have considered only three goals for, yeah, the, for the entire season which is really amazing but like the thing that i am seeing about chelsea is that uh, a lot of their goals are coming from wing backs and uh, i am not seeing their attackers kind of create those 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 chances so like like when you go into december january i'm i'm just i'm just kind of in intrigued to see what chelsea are going to do because if if the goals don't if the if the goals don't come from the wing backs then okay then where do chelsea find the goals from i mean i mean there's no one to feed into romelu lukaku he's not scored i think in from for the past couple of matches so yeah i mean they do look like a team that don't concede but they are but they are also you know on the verge of looking like a team who who don't have who have attackers but are not scoring as well so it will be uh, you know they they won 7-0 against norwich but uh, you know that was also a good good match for them but uh, you know apart from that i yeah i think i think it's really difficult to uh, kind of break chelsea down and uh, and yeah i mean i mean in the title race you know i don't know what it would mean because uh if chelsea can keep up this momentum till december and uh, you know till the new year then i think it's 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 a no brainer that you know i don't I, i don't see anyone else kind of matching chelsea's intensity for the season but yeah it will be interesting to see how they how they perform for the next couple of matches yeah, yeah. yeah. good very good point because uh, yeah i think uh, we had this problem with lukaku when he was rented as well because what i have seen of him is that he struggles scoring against big teams and uh, he can score say a five uh, he can score three goals four goals again the mid table and the lower table teams but when it comes to the top six clubs he uh, he has always been missing out of the picture so this is really something chelsea would have to look into because i was because i was uh, really shocked when chelsea bought him for that much of that much amount of money uh, considering his uh, premier league performance the way he has been but uh, yeah so far so far i don't think so he has justified that amount but let's see the season is not even halfway there so who are you to comment on it but yeah definitely lukaku will have to step up and you know be that front man proper number 9 and do his role okay so then i think uh, you know moving on to the next uh, you know agenda in our uh, in our discussion today is uh, you know again last week we had another commercial big match as i would put it and uh, you know i yeah. think it was it was it was one of the greatest you know rival 
Jobs for a couple of years now. But uh, but I feel you know they are they're, they're losing their touch now. But it was Barcelona versus Real Madrid, the El Clasico, and uh, and uh, I don't know if if we were to call that match as El Clasico because uh, I think I think it was just two teams who are uh, who who were great and you know uh, who are now kind of are just now rebuilding, struggling rebuilding. to kind of rebuild. Yeah, and and they were kind of playing the match. Obviously, you know, Madrid have a better quality in the squad compared to Barcelona, and that is what happened uh, on that day. They lost. Barcelona lost two one against Madrid, and um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, did you get a chance to see the game? What did, what did you think of this entire El Clasico? And third, uh, and, and you know, we we kind of read reports of Komen getting sacked uh, in the week. So what do you uh, of that? Yeah, so the, as you rightly said, that these two teams are now trying to rebuild because all their senior players are, you know, either they are gone or, or they are, you know, uh, out of their peak. So now they have to be more reliant upon the newer generation players to step up. So it was sort of a the the game was not that intense, I would say, obviously, uh, but uh, obviously it's never a good thing to lose to Real Madrid. For. Uh, for Barcelona, and that really, uh, I'm, I'm sure the board must have come together and given it a thought that whether they should continue with Coman or not. And now we know the answer that he has got the sack, and uh, uh, reports are that Zavi is going to take over. So I really feel that, uh, you know, with Coman, I think it was high time that he should be sacked because, uh, uh, see, the thing is that uh, no, no, no way Barcelona is in the best uh, shape financially and even with the players they have. But uh, the players which were recruited under his uh, suggestions, I don't think so. They were any good either. And uh, whatever the reasons are, whatever the uh, reasons why the players are there in the first place, the uh, Barcelona team is not performing at all and they have been losing a lot of games. And definitely, if, if that is the case, the manager needs to go. And, uh, you know, credits to Koeman as well because he, he stuck out with Barcelona during the tough times. But as... As the calling comes, I think it's high time for him to move on. And uh, Zavi is in the picture, so let's see how Zavi comes in and you know uh, tries to get back to uh, get uh, get Barcelona back to winning ways. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. You know, I think uh, you know Koeman did a really good job during the tough time, and I'm really in, I'm kind of excited to see how Zavi does. Seen him leading Barcelona for years. After you know Carlos Puyol kind of handed over the captaincy to him, and uh, we know you know how Xavi likes to play, and uh, I've seen kind of snippets of uh, you know his 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 team uh, Al Sadd, uh, yeah. and I've seen snippets of them playing football, and it kind of kind of reminded me of the peak, core peak Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah, uh, peak Barcelona. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I think and, he's, uh, he's just going to be Pep Guardiola with hair. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, absolutely right. I mean, I mean, I mean that is what you know. Even I'm seeing when I look at Xavi because he he does not seem to be like the uh, you know over the years have we have seen Barcelona you know appointing ex players like Pep Guardiola, Luis Enrique, who are clear winners and they had really good philosophy of football that they followed. But then we also saw some other uh, uh, you know you know managers who did not. Uh, or if Barcelona weren't at their best when they were uh, kind of in charge of Barcelona, so I kind of put I'm I'm kind of 
hoping to see Xavi in that spectrum of Pep Guardiola and you know reaching that level. But you know, time will tell. Uh, you know, if 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 we are going to be getting uh, you know the next Pep Guardiola or uh, or or you know or or, or or is it just going to be another smoke screen and you know Zavi Zavi is not go- as good as we thought but uh, but yeah i mean i mean what do you think like 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 do you see like i presume now even if, i mean i think you know uh, i think you know Barcelona are going playing that the, the old type of football that they that that kind of got them peace so yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean i mean do you also Kind of feel the same way, or or do you have some different uh, views on on Xavi? I, I really think what happened with Barcelona is that they really lost their identity uh, and style of play as well, because as we know what Barcelona is known for, right? And that was that just went missing since the last couple of years. And it's a good thing that they got Xavi back because he's he, he has been the crucial, you know, part of all. Of everything which Barcelona has achieved in the past couple, last say two decades or so, he has seen the process. He has been the part of the process, and no one better than him knows what it is like to play for Barcelona and to have that mentality and you know have that style of play. And it's very evident to me that bringing him in is a is an indication that the board wants to take club back to the way it was before. And invest in the youngsters, give them more opportunities, build youngsters rather than buy superstars, which, which is what happened uh, in the case of the previous guy who was in charge at Barcelona. Uh, so they really want to correct those mistakes out. And um, bringing Xavi is bringing Xavi in is a really uh, a proper indication that what the uh, in which direction the club wants, uh, you know, how things to fall into fall into the picture. And it's the point is with Barcelona is that it's not like they are, you know, at the very bottom or something like that. They still have good players. They have yeah, really amazing young players, right? So uh, they have Ansu Fati, right? They have Gavi. Then there are other players like uh, Pedri as well. So all these guys have now received a huge contracts as well, keeping them at the club for many years. So basically, a clear indication that the club wants to build from, uh, you know, around these youngsters, you know make play for them to happen and take the club forward so exciting exciting times uh, and let's see how the how this project uh, pans out by the end of the season yeah i think uh, that's a that's a good point you know even even commercially i feel uh, you know it'll be kind of beneficial for barcelona because uh, I, you know i presume even commercially they would have lost that uh, that commercial appeal when messi left barcelona but you know, with with Xavi coming, those Barcelona fans who were supporters when when we had Messi and and Xavi and Iniesta, and you know, and who who may have stopped, who may have moved to PSG, or you know, who may have uh, who, who may not have been following Barcelona since Messi left, you know, they might also kind of uh, get that appeal back into Barcelona because because you know they know how Xavi was and you know what kind of a player he was. So, uh, so I, I also see. I mean, I don't see a huge commercial impact, but I also see that you know, okay, like bringing Xavi in may bring some attraction into the club again, and hopefully they can build on that. But yeah, I think it's not official yet. But you know, but I think we hope that you know Xavi takes over, uh, you know, Barcelona. Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah. So I think that that basically winds up the football, which was which happened in the couple last couple of weeks.
and there is a uh, there is one special game which happened in the other sport which is cricket and talking about rivalries one of the biggest rivalries in cricket and between countries it's always been india versus pakistan guys and that is what happened as well and we need to talk on that as well because it's it's it's, it's like a, you know rubbing salt on the, on the wound but obviously we need to you know have our perspective on the game as well and so did you get a chance to watch the game anirudh oh was there a was there a game last week india versus pakistan because uh, i've been yeah. noticing a lot of people denying that there was a game but oh, uh, i mean i mean what do i say i think i think this is like like for us like this is like like the like the holy grail right i mean we want to watch such like we want to watch india beat pakistan I and mean, we've been doing it for in 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 previous world cups as well and in t20s but uh, yeah this i think this match was like entirely different uh, uh you know pakistan they started really well and uh, i mean i mean i don't know i mean it, it just it i mean it just feels like a really bad defeat because they won by 10 wickets which is yeah which right. is just just really really bad for our bad for us in terms of kind of breaking down their uh, their, their batsmen but but i think you know considering uh, i mean I, i haven't read about him but uh, but i've kind of always kind of heard and seen that, that you know babar azam is a really good captain is a really good batsman so uh, so i have expected that into consideration that it is not going to be easy for us to to beat this pakistan but uh, but yeah i think it was a it was it was a really good game for pakistan they they, they really came into this game with an intent to win and um, and yeah i think I, i i don't think we stood a chance right from the start because because we lost wickets way too early yeah. and we could not keep that momentum going on to build runs and uh, it, and it became slightly more difficult as the match went on to score more runs because the because they made it hard with some really good uh, really good bowlers so yeah. yeah what did you think of the game see though so the point is that it yeah. has always been a country which relies on batting in a country which relies on bowling so it was it is a classic battle of the two and uh, yesterday uh, so the, during the match obviously they came on top in the first innings uh, they got our openers up really very early and um, i had actually uh, sent a message to my friend uh, before the game and when we were about to bat right so i had sent him a message saying that i think rohit sharma is going to go uh, you know he's going to get a duck and it's going to be an in swinger right into his pants and my friend is like oh no no that's not going to happen the ball won't swing this much and like you see we wait and wait and watch because i was so sure that this would be the case because that is how exactly rohit sharma has got out against pakistan in the last two innings as well it's always been a sharp in, in swinger right into his pads by mohammad amir amir two times and this time it was shine afrid who did the exact same thing which was his first the first ball he faced was that plastic delivery and it hit him right on his pads and he was out plump lbw and i then my friend was like yeah i understand what the you came from but the point is if we as fans we as cricket lovers can figure that out i am not really sure why uh, why hasn't you know why wasn't uh, rohit ready for something like that or you know maybe he was just in a different time uh, so that being said even the other bat, uh, batters kl rahul and surya kumar yadav as well they even they tried hard to you know be there stuck it out but obviously the quality 
of Shine Afridi was just uh, way too much to handle. And the way that guy bowled in his first spell was absolutely fantastic. I've not seen this sort of a bowling in quite a quite a while. And doing that in a T20 game is uh, more commendable because, as we all know, in a T20 game the pressure is always on the bowlers. It's not on the batters. So yeah, you know, yeah. credits to the guy. Credits to the guy. Uh, he really really did bowl really well. Kohli, obviously, being the leader, being the captain, he could not go his full throttle. He had to be there, play, uh, you know, run a ball sort of innings, you know, stick, uh, stick out a part, stick out partnerships with the other guys and get us to a at least to a respectable total. And that is what happened. That was the story of the first half, which is what we scored around 151. And yeah, um, uh, if I, I was actually hoping if Hardik Pandya would have been sent earlier. Uh, before Ravindra Jadeja, and if he could have gotten a few more deliveries to settle down and then go, you know, full throttle mm-hmm. on getting fours and sixes, we could have. That is uh, my my. That's what I think from the outside. Maybe the uh, the, the board or the uh, coaches and everyone thought differently. So yeah, I think uh, one of I think it's really uh, it's really hard to put it into words, but losing to Pakistan is never a good feeling, and it has happened for the first time in any any World Cup. So to say, but uh, it's it's fine. I think the life goes on, and there is always a second chance. And we, I'm hoping, I'm actually hoping that it will be an India-Pakistan T20 final, guys. I'm actually calling this right now. I I don't know why I have this feeling that we will play Pakistan in the final, or at least in the semi. No, not in the semi-final because I think we are we are from the same group, right? So it should be a final. So that is the case. And in the second half, uh, I there is nothing to say actually because uh, I remember. When the toss happened, I saw Kohli's face and it was he was so dejected because being in Dubai, I know the point is that the dew kicks in pretty early and uh, once the dew kicks in, it's really hard to you know grip the ball and put uh, get the ball in the right areas. So having a low 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 total on the board and uh, with the dew coming in and that is what happened. Everything just fell apart. Our ballers got smacked all around the park. Uh, they did not even care. We could not even pick up one wicket. I mean. I mean, what what is what else is there to say, right? So, uh, obviously, it was not a great performance. And I now today being our second match, it's really interesting to see how we perform against New Zealand because if we lose, we are out of the qualifying process because it's pretty evident New Zealand and Pakistan will go through. Um, so yeah, today is a much bigger game than it was last Sunday, and not many people know this, but we have not won against New Zealand in World Cup matches. For uh, for yeah, like I think for the last twenty years or something like that. If I'm not if I'm not uh, wrong, yeah. So we even have that sort of situation with New Zealand. So yeah, we should definitely take a take a, a leaf out of Pakistan's book and you know really come back strong and try to beat this New Zealand team so that we stand a chance to qualify for the knockout games. Okay, yeah, I think I wasn't aware that you know we haven't beaten New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in, but yeah, that's really interesting to know about that. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So really, like, let's see now what happens today. I'm very excited for today's game as well. So just continuing from that India versus Pakistan, uh, you know, match. Uh, you know, at the end, we we saw some scenes where you know Virat Kohli was congratulating uh, the Pakistan batsmen on on you know such a wonderful innings from them. And uh, that kind of received some kind of backlash on social media. Now, you know, considering the weight of of this of this of this match, India versus Pakistan, you know, we are 
we are neighbors you know there's a lot of history uh, you know behind us there is there is social cultural uh, you know drift between two of the nations and uh, uh, you know i personally felt the backlash you know i did not kind of understand why the backlash because uh, because it's it's just to just sportsmen kind of greeting each other they know how competitive the sports are you know there's always things to win there's always things to lose and uh, so you know it was just it was just i felt you know just a congratulation of you know some amazing innings from uh, from the other team so like di- what did you think of that uh, of that moment and you know the backlash that you know the, the player received after after that match yeah so like like you said you know i think uh, the backlash which our players received were, was just like it was not at all uh, you know required but uh, you know it, it's emotions get the better of people all the time and when it comes to india versus pakistan i mean there is nothing, nothing more to say but how emotions can you know get very high amongst the people but my point here is you know people need to realize that it's just a it's just a game of cricket in the end right and we have had this streak for way too long i mean we have been winning against them since 1987 world cup and so on and so forth so you need to get this point in the head that you know there will be a time when this streak will end it cannot just go on forever and ever and ever i mean yes for sure our our, our team will fight and team will keep their all on the field but it's 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 also you know you need to realize that there will be a point where the other team will play better than you and you might get outclassed completely like like it happened in the last game right so i think people just struggle with this fact they just think you know that like the team has to perform no matter what happens they get all the political and the emotions emotions mixed up together and then they you know i don't know for what what are the reasons they just lash out at people and this and that even earlier when uh, this is way back ago i have even uh, seen uh, you know uh, like stones being thrown at sachin's house and you know a uh, uh, lot of things lot of violence happening in and around players houses when our team doesn't perform well in the world cup so i think these are those sort of people who who i think who, whose emotions run on how our teams perform basically that is the most coveted thing in their life to see and then they you know uh, live their life based upon but i i really feel that whatever abuses were happened after the game which was completely uncalled for and especially for even mohammad shami he received a lot of you know clash uh, threats regarding his nationality and everything and he said you know you should not play for this country this that and lot of all all that all that crap but i think this has to stop somewhere and people are need to get it get in their mind that you know uh, this is now at, this is now at how it should go about and uh, i think it's high time because uh, i actually think that there will be a point where people will, will suffer out of you know uh, mental depression because the sort of hate and the sort of things which get the whole that there is just you know it's uh, un- unimaginable yeah exactly i think uh, like it's kind of very deep rooted in psychology right because uh, like like we relate to different sports and different teams yeah you know, to kind of feel a sense of belonging and you know to to see that team win is kind of like a, like we feel happy okay you know what and i feel good that you know that you know we won at the time like i've seen it in football as well i've seen it with myself where you know sometimes emotions take the better of me but you know but but kind of just channeling that emotion in in such a negative way is something which is not yeah. which is not good 
I'm I'm pretty sure that you know even we must have cried when our teams have you know not performed to our expectations and you know we must, obviously we all love when they do but I think uh, I would definitely vouch for the two of us is that with age I think it's now become very normal to us you know I mean it's not like we'll go completely crazy crazy if our teams do well and it's not like we'll you know sit and cry in a corner if our team performs really bad I mean with age and with time you just realize that you know fine it's 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 a game. And uh, you need to have your emotions in check, and it's nothing to you know feel that bad and feel that bad or you know to feel that happy about. Uh, for for sure, I mean you will obviously have your bragging rights in front of your friends the next day, but that, then that's about it. You don't have to take it to your heart. You don't have to sit in the corner and cry, or you don't have to you know start bursting crackers on the road and everything. I think people need to understand that if there is no point in attaching your emotions to the to a, to us to, to especially sports. To that and to that extent that you have to remove your frustration out of players if it's any sort of form and especially with social media now coming into the picture it's just you know people are one comment away from you know uh, expressing their frustration out correct yeah yeah no no because loss loss or defeat you know it's part of growth so you know in order to grow you are going to face some kind of backlash and you know you're going to you're going to see teams getting defeated by other teams and but you know that's that's all part of growth that's all part of learning and so you know the team will the team will bounce back uh, because i think you, one, one of the points that you said was uh, you know in the ipl when i think I, I did not follow the ipl a lot but you mentioned that you know the team like like the players in the ipl played really well but they did not perform to the mark in the in this tournament like, did you see any any particular reason why why that could have been the case yeah, I think uh, KL Rahul, he was the third highest run getter. He had scored around 520 runs in this IPL. And uh, he was in good form before leading up to the tournament as well. And even we expect the big names like, you know, Kohli and Rohit, Bumrah and everyone to, you know, step up. Because this is this is where it matters the most. We can win all the bilateral and the ODI series and the test series and this and that. But ICC events, when there is a trophy at grabs, you have to be at your A game. And somehow I feel this has been a record and since the past few last few ICC tournaments that we have just not been up to the mark. We have reached finals and semi-finals, but even this one is already a shambles. We are not even going. It's very hard for us to clear the group, uh, uh, knowing after what happened in the New Zealand game. But coming back to your question, you know, I feel there there has to be some sort of a fatigue factor as well, because uh, I think no other team other than the Indian team plays non-stop cricket. As much as we do, even after the quarantine was over and everything was about to get normal, we went to play first. We went and played at Australia. Then uh, we even did England tour and we even did a home series, if I'm not wrong. So we have been playing very con- uh, consistently and uh, hardly players have a week's gap between two series, so to say. After the England tour got done, they were you know thrown back into the IPL and as soon as the IPL was done, they were thrown back into the uh the world cup as well so my point here is that you know that can be a factor mental fatigue can be a factor and second is you know uh it can be just one of those bad days against pakistan where you know no matter what you tried no matter what you did the position was actually just had an answer for everything they were actually really really good that that one day and we, we couldn't you know pick ourselves up after the initial few blows so that being said and also i must say that we have lot of youngsters as well into the squad. I mean, if I if I see it correctly, other than 
Rohit and Kohli. There are a lot of players who have not have have this sort of an experience in playing in playing in you know like this sort of a pressure pressure situation when you play against Pakistan, right? And uh, yeah. and yeah, so collectively uh, we didn't perform to our uh, potential, and maybe the pressure got to us, and also the fact that we had to bowl second with the dew. And a lot of other reasons there can be, but yeah, I think these two just name a few out of my head, top of my head. I think uh, these were the few reasons I think we couldn't, you know, capitalize on on performing and you know making the most of of our chances. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, what do you was there? Uh, so I've been hearing news as well regarding the debate over captaincy. Is, what do you think? Is there anything you want to add add to this? Like, like as for me, the like the role of the captain is to kind of. Uh... You know, to strategize, just kind of achieve that goal in front of everything else, and you know, play the right things into action so that you know the team has the highest kind of productivity and kind of motivate everyone to kind of get to that particular point. So I think, like, like you know, I think I've seen it in many places that you know, when a captain is playing, uh, you know, it is it is likely that his performance is is you know he kind of. Kind of shifts focus on getting team the win rather than focusing on his performance. And I've seen it in football. I've seen it in kind of cricket. I see. I think. I think like Virat Kohli has been doing a good, good job in kind of uh, captaining India. I think. I think he was a captain when when we won, uh, you know, against England, and then we, and then again we won against Australia. So I think he. I think he was. A, he's a good captain. But kind of it kind of depends because he is he's one of those batsmen who is who's kind of who's who's like a gifted batsman. And I think in the past we have seen where you know where, where Sachin was the captain for for one point of time, but you know he did not perform that well as he did when he was not a captain. And then you know sort of Ganguly then then got the captainship, and then you know the the team then the yeah. the, the team were completely different. You know Sachin yeah. then started focusing on his. Batting abilities, getting the team, you know, to a good start, and so on, and so you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And your, your, I mean, I, I'm, I, I cannot say for sure if you know Virat's uh, batting has, uh, you know, has reduced when when he was a captain, because I think in the past, uh, I think it was a team where we had the Dhonis and we had the Yuvraj Singhs and we had the Sehwag and the Sachin, and that the entire World Cup winning team where Virat was just a young young yeah. uh, player in that team and then 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 he rose to the ranks and he was the perfect choice for the for the next captain in after dhoni so so i think he got the captaincy at a time where we were just coming off a good uh, good run and he was just carrying on that run so i haven't seen his like you know i haven't kind of seen him from batting perspective of okay how well he has done but but I feel if if he is to give the captaincy to someone else and someone else takes over the reign, he might be able to uh, focus more on his playing, and you know that 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 may well prove to be good as well. You know, I mean, uh, time will tell. You know, if that's the correct thing to do. But uh, but you know, I think it, it's worth a shot to see what happens if let's say Rohit Sharma takes over the reins and. Uh, Virat focuses on his uh, on his playing. Yeah, definitely makes sense, you know, because I remember this phase which you spoke about, right? Where in the, around 2007, 2006, 2007, where uh, we had a rough patch in our uh, game, and after the 2007 World Cup, we were again eliminated very early, and after that, 
the decision the management took was to you know give dhoni the charge of captaincy for the t20 world cup and i don't need to add about add what happened after that because it it proved to be a master stroke and something similar can happen here as well because uh, and one more thing to say is you know that there is obviously a lot of mental fatigue attached to being the captain of india i would say especially not with any other country but the amount of eyeballs our team has the amount of pressure a captain has to deal with every series every match right there has to be a certain amount of mental fatigue which comes in place as well and uh, this can be a major factor because uh, for the same reason why kohli himself said that he wants to you know uh, uh, not continue the captaincy in t20 and uh, so that that is obviously one of the reasons i would say and second second secondly is that you know it's it's not like we have performed uh, bad in his captaincy but if you see our if you see the record our team has had it's it's obviously mind blowing but the point is that somewhere we always fall short in the icc tournaments and that has to be you know that has to be the the tournament of which happens in every two or three years or four years for the world cups so if we are our team is not turning up on those big occasions then there there has to be looked into this collective not just uh, you know uh, one person has to be considered that he is he is at fault or something like that also talking about the fact that uh, having rohit around is much more you know debatable because of the fact that he has had such a amazing track record with the ipl and in the shorter format uh, also his his game has improved over the years as well he has uh, become more uh you know reliable as a as an op- op- opening batsman and he definitely makes his case when he is up for, uh, up for the captaincy position so having someone like rohit makes it you know more debatable that whether he should be given the captaincy uh for the limited overs and then kohli should continue only for the tests or not but uh, I, i think it will again uh, depend upon the team management and uh, uh i i actually feel that uh, you know virat kohli would still continue in the 50 over format because uh, i because i think the main main criteria main point here is that we have the 50 or 50 over world cup in in 2023 and that will be that will be taking place in india and uh, it will be a great opportunity you know for any captain to lead, a, lead his country in a home world cup tournament and uh, after being with after leading the team for so long i don't think so he would want to miss that opportunity but having said that the team management uh, can also decide the other way other way around you know so uh, yeah so these these are the few points which i feel from my side that can happen or take place which we'll have to you know see how how it goes about because i'm pretty sure after the world cup is done there will be a lot of uh, you know calls which will be taken there will be a lot of changes which might happen already uh, Rahul Dravid is in the talks for the head coach position so that is uh, always going to be the most you know discussed thing and how he wants the team to line up and uh, how who would he want to lead the team so yeah a lot of discussion around uh, across the table will definitely take place once we are done with this world cup yeah makes sense but i think there is one aspect as well where you know i think uh, you know like when you when you look at dhoni's dhoni's period of captaincy i mean uh, it, it it was hard most definitely because you know we were not winning before that and then we won the world cup with yes. dhoni as the captain yes. but but i feel like you know dhoni had 
had a much more responsive like he he had much more players who felt self responsibility on on getting the success as well like like we had all the legends in that team right whereas virat kohli post that you know i think he's been he's been kind of captaining teams that are growing you know we are kind of trying new things we are kind of getting new players and so on so like do you think that's 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 like a factor you know uh, maybe when when we look at virat's captaincy you know that that is yeah, that is yeah, yeah. going to be taken into consideration jo so you know what i would like to say here is that uh, one point is absolutely correct which is you know with dhoni uh, what what actually happened is that he got us in he got us into the transition phase and he led that entire team out as in when he when he started the captaincy he still had sachin we still had saurav ganguly and we still had raul dravid and even vivas lakshman was playing the test matches right we had these big big names in the squad and uh, very strategically he started to build the team already for the 2011 world cup so he had that mindset he had that vision how he would want to line, how he how he would want the team to line up right and obviously there were a lot of players in, uh, who were getting into their peak say a zaheer khan or yuvraj singh or harbhajan singh right even gautam gambhir yeah. virendra sehwag uh, was they were all at their peak or about to get into their peak and so obviously he had all these guys around which obviously was the main factor for us uh, you know to win the 2011 world cup and if you see in the 2013 champions trophy which we won it was an exact opposite picture of what happened in 2011 because uh, there was no seva there was no gambhir uh, and uh, i think even harbhajan singh was not part of that tournament and even i think yuvraj singh had this issue with the cancer treatment going on during that time so my point is that uh, uh, obviously there's without a doubt dhoni is a much much better captain than virat kohli because he has got results even with with a, with a very weak team i would say mm-hmm. uh, no doubt that you know uh, our bowling uh, options and our bowlers were much are much better now than they were under dhoni right so they were uh, our bowlers are more skillful now because we have bowlers who are taking 20 wickets in a test match i mean uh, skills cannot get better than this if your bunch of bowlers are able to do this uh, after every uh, in every test match after test match and that too in overseas conditions you know so that is yeah. obviously obviously it states that we have a great bowling lineup right which we didn't have under mahendra singh dhoni but he but when it came to you know limited overs cricket he had that strategy he had that vision and you know his calmness is obviously spoken a lot so he could dig in this uh, dig, in, dig in and you know play those big innings when it mattered the most and also get us out of tricky situations and win us games that is where dhoni comes in you know the cult of dhoni is all about when it comes to virat it's a completely different scenario i would say because he has built that bowling lineup which is now able to do which is now able to you know pick up those 20 wickets i spoke about that mentality that you know that fighting spirit is what he initiated and you know what he what the team is now into having said that again the hurdle has always been the icc events and that i have no you know particular thing to pinpoint upon and say you know this went wrong or that went wrong or this guy didn't play well and so on it is obviously a collective effort whether you win or you lose so i think the team has yeah. to be blamed collectively and that is where the difference between dhoni and kohli would come into the picture i would say so now the 
so obviously the main talking point will be what happens into the Indian dressing room after the World Cup ends because uh, already Ravi Shastri has you know uh, said it quite clearly that he wouldn't want to continue uh, you know, uh, being the head coach and the talks are around Rahul Dravid now that he would lead the team. So yeah, big decisions are waiting for the Indian team and let's see how we take this uh, debacle of the World Cup and then we bounce back in the next one. And yeah, I think that that's much uh, about for the, for the last two weeks. Is there anything else, Anil? No, no. I think uh, I think it was a good uh, sports uh, week for the last two weeks, and uh, and you know we are kind of uh, we have more you know Premier League matches to come, Champions League next week as well. So you know we'll be bringing in more content for those matches, and. Uh, you know, I think, I think we would like to thank all, you know, all our listeners for, you know, uh, listening to our previous podcasts. And, you know, we hope to bring more uh, content like this uh, in the future as well. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh, any closing thoughts from your end, Sahil? Yeah, I think, uh, as you rightly said, right, great week of sports and looking, keeping that tradition forward, I think it could be another couple of great weeks for uh, uh, for football and cricket and you know where to tune in guys if, for all the updates coverage and sports talks stay in touch and we will definitely come back with another episode on discussing the various events which took place in the last couple of weeks so yeah i think that's that's for that's that is what uh, we have for today guys and definitely we'll see you in the next one have a great week